Episode 139. I'm Anthony Gallegos. With me is the return of Tyler Barber. Hey, what's up, everybody? Mash Andrade. Whoa, Tyler's back. And <laughs> Arthur Geese. I'm not sure whose balls are warmer, mine or Tyler's. Mine. Um, it's cat versus laptop on the lap for the ball warmer competition. It's not a laptop. It's a notebook. Because if they called it a laptop, then they'd have to acknowledge that it's too fucking hot on anyone's lap. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. So we've all been. We've, there's been a lot of games. There kind um, of have been a lot of yeah. games. Well, for you guys in the in the media, but I played. Well, Minecraft's out today when we're recording. Yeah, and and uh, I played a lot of that. And you know, I guess one thing I didn't even know about the game, like when I did my review, like I'll wholly admit I didn't know because it never became an issue for me, was that the world in the 360 version of Minecraft is only a thousand by a thousand blocks. Right. So it's essentially oh, really? the size of the of your map. Like hmm. the size of a map. But that One, being said, right. it's still it's, it's still pretty fucking big. Yeah, that's like it's like, still like a good amount. I made epic railroad tracks, mm-hmm. powered rails, and like gigantic tunnels dug way into the fucking earth and I never had like an issue where I was like, mm-hmm. man, I'm just so I ran out of territory. Like it never right. occurred to me that there were walls because I never ran into them. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you like, know, some people have been bitching about it, but when I looked at the official Minecraft forums, actually the people there were having a really civil discussion. They were like, I went into creative mode and made a thousand by a thousand grid, and it's actually huge. Yes. They were like, it's not bad. <laughs> you know? Some people decide to complain about um, things. But yeah. the, uh, For example, that we reviewed Minecraft at all. How were dare you? in your comments bitching about that, too? Uh, I mean, people were like, God, this fucking game just needs to go away, but they weren't like, I can't believe you reviewed oh, it. There were people in our comments that said... Oh, you can't. Notch said that he doesn't want people to review this. You guys shouldn't do that. I'm pretty sure Notch <laughs> never said that either. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't give a shit. I'm like, that's interesting because my- Microsoft seems really interested in us reviewing this. <laughs> right. Yeah, so they, like, they sent out did, codes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. W- well, what do you review something like Minecraft? What do you give it? Uh, what did we you give it? gave it a uh, seven. Is that because you are biased towards Microsoft? platforms i was too busy being biased against sony platforms this weekend to right minecraft so yeah so if arthur had been there to step in on behalf of microsoft he would have given it a 10 sure right but since he wasn't there someone else had to come in and shit on his exactly. prick yeah. uh i think it was because like obviously like the adventure stuff isn't in there um mm. which is kind of a bummer yeah it's, uh, it's based on like 1.6 of there, the beta there measure. are limitations uh, like the size limitation is i mean it's not that huge a deal but it is there and also uh our reviewer russ pitts felt like the excess of information kind of ruined some of the magic or sense of discovery that was Mm. there see and that's totally fair like i get that for some people i personally don't mind it Mm -hmm. because to me i don't think it's a gameplay feature to have to go and open a wiki and look up (laughs) recipes right Right. like but i mean like no one no one sits there and is like I'm just going to sit here and slot things and find out what happens. No, you just go to a wiki and you open it. Like right. even the Minecraft websites, like here's the wiki so you can figure out how to do everything. You know, um, 
So that's but one I mean, thing there, I really but there are lots of people that feel that way about games. I mean, look at things like Demon Souls or um, uh, Dark Souls, <laughs> Dark Souls Two, <laughs> and uh, I was I was trying to think of the Square RPG that I played, the one that was on the DS. That was it was a had a dual screen combat system. Oh, World Ends with You. Yes, World yes. Ends with You. That's a game where you super need a wiki to play. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't know. So I, I just really I liked like, like the the new crafting system where it's like if you have the materials, it's one button to press it. It like helps because you know you're not as agile with sticks as you are with the mouse, mm-hmm. and it makes things really fast. And 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 there's no That's need good. to ever go to a wiki. Like the tutorial is really great at at teaching new players like everything they need to know, like the basics. Not That's to mention, cool. when you start the tutorial, after you finish the tutorial, you're just in a world. You can play that world. Like, just take over and use right. that as your world. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's just more Minecraft. And plus, one of the things that it has, like, like outside the crafting interface, it makes it really great, is, is just the ease of multiplayer. Like, the PC one, you can play multiplayer, but you have to know how to set up a server. Or know someone's server and know what an IP, like, how to put in an IP address. Which I know that sounds like... Like, people listen to this show and stuff. Yeah, that's nothing. But for a lot of people, that's, like, a step that they probably won't take. I mean, let's be honest. Like, the idea of opening ports in your router is a pain in the ass. Exactly. So, like, you know, that's the thing that's nice about this on Xbox Live is, like, for instance, when I wanted to play with Brad Shoemaker, all I did is I went to the main menu. It was like, oh, there's Brad's world. Hopped in. I was immediately in. Yeah. And, like, not only that, but I, I turned on four controllers and I could have all four players pop in. To Brad's world. When you said Brad's world right now, the theme from Bobby's world got stuck in my head. <laughs> so, but it was funny, yeah. I mean, that's, that's so the, the ease of online play is just so nice, right? Like, mm-hmm. not to mention you can do four player split screen, which is actually fun if you want to let people come in and fucking raid your world. Do you think the lack of like a persistent world outside of one person's game is kind of lame? Oh, you mean like there isn't like a, like a server we can all join and just yeah. contribute to? Yeah, I mean, it, we would have Does to... that seem like a big thing that you had fun with last year with Minecraft was Brian's... Uh, yeah, although, although in theory server. we could do it as long as we all jumped on at the same time. Like, the, there would have to be one person who right. started the game, but Whereas yeah. right on the 360 version, no one can sneak into Brian's server when he's not there and completely <laughs> set fire to everything he's done. Yeah, that, that's true. That is something that, like, you know, that's, that's not something like, that... Or do, like, a magical thing, let's be honest. Or do, or do, like, we did on Anthony's on server and, like, Put lava in the bottom that's of what I'm that's what he's talking about yeah because it wasn't anthony's server it was brian's well, but that being right, said i, I still just anthony's think house. that like the ease of it, xbox live multiplayer makes it so fun to just jump into someone's game you can contribute when you leave and rejoin you still have like the items like at least i did i joined brad's game left and came back and i had the items i had last had when i was there mm-hmm. so like i could continually help him with his world because Brad cool. Shoemaker, not that good at Minecraft. <laughs> I never played it. I guess. No, he it's hadn't. I, I, I could tell the, because the first thing was I went to his castle and it was like cobblestone. It, it was, well, cobblestone, whatever. I built. I'm not a snob. I'm turning my nose up to I'm, cobblestone. I'm not a snob like you. I build with cobblestone too. But but what I will say is he didn't put torches anywhere. So at uh, night at night monsters would just be everywhere. Right. Yeah. And I was just like. The first thing I did when I came in his server was I found coal and I found wood, and then <laughs> I just went and put torches yeah. everywhere. Did uh, yeah? I, wa- I actually watched the giant bomb quick look on Minecraft. It was actually pretty funny because it was like ten minutes long, and uh, and Brad was he was on the video. He was like. Yeah, I had everything in cobblestone, and then I can't remember which other guy over there showed me. He was like, well, why aren't you doing it in stone? Now I have to redo everything in stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, showed, I, I like Brad had made this tower, and he didn't have any windows, so then I put, like, I smelted glass sand and put windows up and all of it and made it look all cool, and I could tell he, 
you know, it was fun playing with someone like that, like, because he was yeah. like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> I haven't had that sort of, uh, that sort of, I guess, first, like, you know, like, glimpse of, like, what can be done. Like, he joined my world. Right. And he's like, wow, yours is a lot cooler than mine. <laughs> so... That you know, like there are some features that aren't there, like some of the adventure things, and mm-hmm. there isn't like alchemy. But you can still like use redstone to make crazy contraptions. Go to the Nether, you know, like uh, and like I still like I played it, and I only probably needed to play it not that long for review, and I ended up probably of putting you did. In, probably in, put in like twelve or fifteen. That's the hours. only reason why I haven't gone back to see if uh, Brian's server is up because I'm afraid that I'll play it for like twelve hours. Yeah, it just it does that to you. It's like, oh yeah, I remember I was going to build a whole other fortress on this <laughs> other mountain. Yeah, pop in some podcasts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. and, then, and then before you know yep. it, it's like four a.m. Yep. So speaking of games that keep you up till four a.m., I finally have played the Civilization expansion, Gods and Kings. Yeah, oh, previously shit. I'd I only got to see yet. it. Now I've played it, and spreading religion is a lot of fun. Cool. That being said. There are some bits of totalitarianism I wish you could do still. Mm. Like, you can spread religion, mm-hmm. and but you, you can have your religion, religion, but but you can't be like, this is the fucking state religion, um. and we will not accept anything else. Uh. <laughs> but, I thought that was the whole point. <laughs> but, no, but religion's a lot more tactical in this, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way it works, now that I know the exact system, is that early on... You, there's a new resource you accumulate. You know, you normally accumulate gold, culture, science, you know. Right. Now you accumulate faith. And you build things like pyramids, temples early on to build faith. And when you get to a certain amount of faith, it's different, though. So the first person, I think, that gets to 10 faith out of the whole match gets to start a pantheon. And mm-hmm. then from there, each person that starts a pantheon, it's a little bit more expensive. So there is, like, an incentive to race to it. Mm. Um, and when you start a pantheon, this is like a... So is it does it become another win condition? The faith? No, but it's it can directly contribute to to wins. So okay. like when you start a pantheon, I don't want to say it's like a more tribal religion, it's not, mm. but but it's like imagine like it's, it's like more it's, it's like it's, more ancient religion. Yeah, it's it's old school paganism. So it's so it's like it's like and it's it's very much based around like helping give you an early boost early like mm. an early boost, right? So uh if you are in a map like I was where it's like a lot of desert you might select one that's like a desert pantheon, and then you get plus one faith from all desert tiles around your cities. Oh, cool. So early on, you're generating a lot more faith. Right. Or you could do one that's like uh, plus two food for like every two for every plantation or something because your people like worship the forest. So so faith gives you uh, bonuses to the other existing resources in the. It can. Game. So that's just when you establish a pantheon. Uh, then when okay. you establish a pantheon and you start building faith. And then eventually, when you get your first great profit, you can use that great profit to establish a religion. Oh. You can start a religion. He can start the religion. Cool. So then what you do is you start a religion, and you pick from, like, you know, Christianity, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, all of that. Uh, but none of the names matter, because you can rename them, too. Mm. It, it, and, and it, like, picking Christianity doesn't mean you believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It just means that you pick a name. And then from there, you, start, you select a founder belief and a follower belief. Mm. And, like, a founder belief is, like, something that benefits you specifically so it's like uh the founder belief i think i picked was like plus one culture from all cities that follow my religion Hmm. and that means all cities so like even in other empires yeah so like if i spread my religion to like like all over the world then i'm gonna get plus one culture from all those cities as well 
So that's like a, a benefit Catholic to me to spread my religion. Yeah, yeah which <laughs> but I'm saying. So I might I might get that, which means that if I'm going for a cultural victory, yeah. that can be a big boon. Definitely. And and once you take these these benefits, they're gone off the table for oh, all for the other players. Else. Oh wow! So there is like a race to get to. So these. so nobody else can spread the religion to other cities to get. No, culture? they can spread them. No, but, but they I can't mean, do the get... culture thing. No. Wow. Yeah, Crazy. like the the. I mean, basically, like. A way to describe it is like once you choose a certain path and that's cut off to everyone else, like they yeah. don't have that benefit anymore. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you pick a, a lot uh, of tactical options there. Exactly. And then you pick a follower belief and that's one that benefits anyone who follows your religion. So for that one, I picked, I think, uh, cities grow 15% faster, but that applies to anyone. So like, let's say, let's say you chose to never found a religion because I think there's actually from the way I was reading it was there's always fewer religions to establish than there are players. So not all players will get to establish a religion. Mm. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm. Um, but let's say you converted to my religion cause you're like, sure, why not? Well, you might choose to let me do or want me to do that because you would get 15% growth to your cities. Mm. Like I get those benefits, but so do you. Oh, cool. And then, and so you get a couple of those beliefs and then at the end you get one belief called an enhancer belief, which mm-hmm. that's basically your one that's like, about spreading it like i chose mine where it's like my my religious reach was 30 percent Sp- spreading it okay it's, it's, so it's like 30 percent goat seat you get like 30 percent like oh, uh God. you get like there's jesus <laughs> you get like 30 percent uh like i chose one where i get like 30 percent uh bigger like spread sure. of religion mm-hmm. like and uh but you can also pick things like if a city believes in your religion uh you you get a plus 25 percent when you're attacking that city. Like, basically, because it's like the citizens are, like, welcoming the liberators. Right, basically. right, of course. Um, so, yeah, so there's obviously, really there's, cool. there's you know, it's not like, it's not a win condition, but it can directly influence things because yeah. you can also use religion, you can use faith to buy units and buy certain buildings, too. Cool. So there are many ways that faith is integrated. And also it brings back, Gods and Kings, um, most famously, also brings back the espionage system. So uh, when you okay. hit the Renaissance era, everyone gets a spy. Mm-hmm. He has a name. He can level up, and you can send these spies into towns to steal technology or like find out about, uh, you know, like what armies they're building or to rig elections in city states. You know, once it comes time for like the UN, so it's like none of these things are like d- direct ways to win, but they're basically more more variables you have to take into account mm. when you're trying right. to win. More There's- variables and like more things that you can rush to if you're going for one of the other victory conditions correct That's what i'm cool. um so what i'm curious about anthony is uh i know that they mentioned that so 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 there is sort of the two major pillars of this update it's the religion and it's the espionage right and from what i understand religion is most influential in the early periods of a civilization right yeah. And then when modernization hits, that's when the espionage becomes important, or is it more throughout? No, I mean, religion is always important, but it's not, like, the same. Like, like there are certain buildings you can get to convert religion to science and uh, stuff like that. Like, it, it will always be useful, but it is most useful. It seems like in a lot of ways it is most useful early on, because a lot of it's, like, helping you grow and helping you expand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and then maybe the espionage game, I don't know, helps fill out the late game with... It does, I mean, in the, the sense that you're trying scene. to keep... Exactly, like, especially for diplomatic things. And, you know, in late game is when people tend to, like, go to war and stuff. So you're, mm-hmm. like, trying to track down who's doing troop movements. As well as, you know, you don't have to put your pi- your spies in enemy c- cities. You can also put them in your own cities to be counter-spies. Mm-hmm. Or to, like, build buildings that will serve as anti-spy mm-hmm. things. So... That's the thing about civilization that I always found a little bit strange is that like uh, it's, you know, early man, 
or early mankind was m- even more warlike than modern mankind. Um, sure. So, like, it just seems... It, so that was the one thing that I always felt strange about Civilization because I, w- I actually played a multiplayer game uh, for kind of the first time ever a couple weeks ago with a bunch of my friends uh, in Orange County. And... Uh, I just chose a random leader and I got the Aztecs and I was like, Oh, okay. Like the, this is supposed to be like a war culture. You get an early war unit and stuff like that. And so I started, I tried to be as aggressive as possible. And I was like, man, the early game just is not conducive towards you being this kind of, you don't have that many things to fight. You don't with. have that many things to fight with. And the barbarians, uh, become pretty, uh, become pretty destructive after like the warlord difficulty, you know? Yeah. You have to contend with them rather right. than fight players. Right. And we had to turn up the difficulty because with because with like three of us being aligned or four of us being aligned against the computer, we had to turn up the difficulty a lot because so, otherwise the game was just too easy. You just wipe the floor. They've, the they've done a lot more subtle things in this too with uh, diplomatic relations too. Hmm. Like there are different levels. Like I don't think it was in the base civ that you could denounce a player. Like that's something you can do now. You can denounce a player. Yeah, that doesn't sound like Which familiar. it's not like you that go to war, new. but it's like you can do that to gain favor. Like say you denounce someone your AI, Matt, and you denounce mm-hmm. someone, I can denounce them too, and then that will build my relationship with you at the cost of theirs. Right. Like, because we're both being like, fuck that guy, but we're not going to war. We're right. just saying, fuck him. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um, and you can also make gestures of friendship, like just say, we're friends. Right. And that's like another. So they've offered like more subtle links to kind of slowly build relationships mm-hmm. other than we are fucking defensive pact or mm-hmm. we are at war. Right. Like one or the other, you know. Um, They've also added something that I think a lot of people are going to overlook. Uh, mm-hmm. It's that they actually brought on this guy and let him make this whole campaign for Civ that's all steampunk. Like, nice. they, read it, they put in all new assets, like, wrote all new lore, and it take, and so Shit. there are, like, giant steamships, giant steam <laughs> tanks, like, all new units for you to learn. That is so cool. Yeah, and new technology trees, like, they're different because you start Dude. in the steam era. And so. see, that's the thing is like Civ is so modifiable. I mean, like, and somebody's probably already working on this or has already done it even. But, uh, the th- you know, you talking about this today reminds me about how versatile the engine is and about how versatile the sh- just the strategy gameplay of Civ is. And it just makes me want somebody to do Alpha Centauri again. Because I really dug Alpha Centauri, but I think that was like one of the lower selling Civ games out there. As well. Did you play a lot of Diablo 2 when it came out originally? I only I played through the campaign once, and then I played online for a little while, and so comparatively, I guess no. I just because there were like total conversion campaigns for Diablo two, huh? Like because awesome. I mean it was something that they supported back then. Was, I like, did not know that did full like new campaigns like with entirely wow. different fictions. Wow, <laughs> I had no idea. I love that kind of shit. I I like it in concept. I never touch any of that yeah. stuff. I bet I bet one of the listeners out there who's a Civ fan would could tell me if there's a an Alpha Centauri mod in the works or already available. But yeah, but yeah. So this expansion very cool. Like already, I can tell it's it's very cool. Like just the little subtle subtle systems it adds. And is it what you wanted when Civ Five came out? <sighs> no, but. That being said, I like it because what I wanted was just the religion aspect out of Civ Four, right? Like declare religions, be a dick. But this system's actually a lot more subtle and and smart. Like it feels a lot smarter hmm. and nuanced. Mm-hmm. Like so, I like it. And there also it also adds new factions. Like now there's like a Gaelic faction um, mm-hmm. led by a famous woman Gaelic leader. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also a Mayan faction. 
And they're kind of an interesting one because their whole culture revolves around the Mayan calendar. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, not like it ends at 2012 or something, <laughs> but that it does go in cycles. And so mm-hmm. at the end of every cycle, they get a great person guaranteed. Just oh, wow. a great person. That's and, cool. But, but they only get one of each type of great person. So when uh-huh. that cycle rolls around, you get to choose. Do I want, <laughs> like right now, what do I need? Do I need right. a great general? Well, if I take him now, I'm never going to get a great general through this thing ever again. So That's pretty like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, you know, and obviously they're, they're an interesting civilization. Not that, you know, ultimately no civilization in that game really feels that different. Like, I don't think they've yeah. ever done a, that great of a job with that in Civ. Like, everyone still gets machine guns everyone still gets tanks you get like the mm-hmm. one unit that's like unique to you at some and they're point. always an early unit. exactly like, they're always early right and like the only later ones are like you know the 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 french get musketeers you know like that's one of the later yeah, that's what i'm saying but none of them are none of them are like in the past like the like the 18th century right like so um but that being said you know this is more civ and like i i got the i got i got to try it last night and i yeah. ended up playing till like till like one in the morning well, and, you know, Civ is always meant to be some kind of microcosm of the actual world that we live in. And, you know, we it does seem that we're inevitably headed towards some kind of monoculture. So maybe it's not Civ's fault that the later game civilizations aren't that distinct. Maybe it's our fault. <laughs> but yeah, so, That was depressing. <laughs> so other than those two games, I also, uh, I also checked out Lone Survivor, mm-hmm. which is an indie horror game. Um, it's nice. side, it's side scrolling and it's done with like graphics that are like fancy Super Nintendo graphics. Like they're obviously better than the Super Nintendo was, mm-hmm. but they're like the way you remember Super Nintendo is basically the way I, I would put it. Huh. And uh, and it's it's you know there's no voice acting or anything like that, but it's it's got like a a really weird fucked up feel that's a lot like Jacob's Ladder or something like that. Like, it's the closest to, like, a... You see a lizard demon fucking your wife at a party? Uh, not quite, but uh, you see... <laughs> you see some fucked up stuff like that, like... Wow. Like, this game's, like, a... Like, this game just has a lot of, like, really just fucked up scenes. Like, it's not scary because it's, like, it's, like, super graphic or anything and maybe the way that, like, old Silent Hill games were and stuff. But it does have that psychological horror vibe of old Silent Hill games and the fact of the matter is like like defending yourself is a little tough in this game you're definitely much more encouraged to sneak around monsters and run around them and you don't really know what's what's gone wrong with the world when you start cuz your character knows but you don't so it's just like a really cool 10 dollar adventure game i don't think it's that long but it's one of the the cooler indie games i've played in quite a while that was lone survivor so, you know, people, I don't know, people always say, what game were you talking about? And I'm like, you have a fucking digital thing. And there's a rewind button. <laughs> Go look it up. <laughs> yeah, or just rewind until I said it again. Or not rewind, I don't know. When is rewind going to die? That word. We don't, Never. We don't yeah, wind cause anything. Because you don't actually, yeah, nothing actually gets rewound anymore. There's not, there. I don't think that there's been a... There's only skip forward, skip back. Better word, like a better more expedient term yeah. created for it. So why wouldn't it just continue? I don't know. Maybe um, we need another couple generations to die out and people to create a new word. Everything is always about people dying with you. Tyler, what have you been playing? Because I'm old. Um, so I haven't played it yet. It, it was downloading as I left, but um, I've played the base game, so I know the gameplay. And um, 
I'm so excited to talk to you guys about um, DayZ, the Arma 2 mod. Have any of you heard about this? Yeah, a bunch of people yeah. were, were tweeting at us it's telling a, us we should try let it. Let me guess, it's a zombies mod? Yeah. But for, Ar- for, for, for Arma 2. For Arma 2. Yeah, see, Arma 2 is a game that I was not very into. I don't even, I, I've never even played it. Arma 2 is like a hardcore combat sim. Yeah, it's a, it, it hmm. Arma 2 is 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 a, is a military simulator, you know, uh you know, it's like typical like one-shot kill. It's very, you know, tactical. There's you a lot You get shot, you have to like stop the bleeding before yeah, you yeah, can yeah. before it's you can bandage yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a deadly like, wound. Um, you know, there's a lot of squad <laughs> controls and very uh um Arma series they're, they're they're sort of known for creating these giant islands. And Mm. that's where sort of all the gameplay happens. So you Mm. have this whole landmass. And essentially, once once you guys start looking up videos of DayZ, what you're going to realize is Arma 2 is the perfect engine for a zombie survival simulator. It's... I I think this game is going to be like on par with like Dota's. Like this is going to be a standalone game someday. I'm pretty sure. It's fucking incredible. So let me tell you guys what it's about. Do it. So basically, the Arma 2 DayZ mod takes one of the islands from Arma 2, which I don't know the name of it. It's like it's some weird name. And um, it allows 50 players on, any, on, on the island at any, at any time. And there's always persistent. Um, all, of the, um, all the servers are persistent. And your character is always persistent, but there's permadeath. So, like, so so so, so so if your character yeah. dies on one server, then you know he's dead on all of their servers, and you start all over. And it's kind of like when you start off in Minecraft, and you just don't have anything, you know, and you sort of have to like you know collect all your gear and all your shit. Well, that's very much how this is, except it so, throws. So, wait, so when you're saying you're dead on all servers, it's like. Uh, so does Arma 2 have like a server browser or whatever, and then it connects to a central character server? You know, I'm really not sure to answer that kind of technical question. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's what confuses me. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It, but basically, that it, it's how they deal with permadeath, you know? Gotcha. Uh, so, so, so if your character dies on one server, you couldn't just hop on another one and respawn with all your gear. So basically... When you spawn into the world of DayZ, um, you're, you're just sort of like thrown on some place random on the map, and uh, and you just have like very basic stuff like a gun and maybe some supplies. And you I'm, need... I'm actually looking at a, a YouTube video of it right now. Oh, it's so good. Um, and so basically, you have to like you have to gather everything, and you have to drink, you have to eat food. Wow. Um, you know, if you're so, hurt. do you so do you kill animals for food? Yeah, you can. You can kill animals for food, and you can also find like. You can also find hidden food within uh, within the shacks. So so mm. so the way the the island is actually populated itself is the zombies only spawn really close to buildings, and so the island has towns like like thick thick dense towns, mm-hmm. and then also sort of like sporadic little rural areas, villages or hamlets yeah. or something. Yeah. And and the only place supplies are are in buildings, and zombies only spawn near buildings. Okay, <laughs> of course. So. So do people form like little war bands well, to go uh, get food? I haven't, I haven't even got to that part. Yet. <laughs> That's the good shit. Because yeah, all I'm seeing on the YouTube video right now is a guy running on a beach with a backpack and yeah, like a six shooter right. pistol. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. There's a lot of. Okay, so 
the way the zombies work, you know, every game has their own sort of zombie rules. Sure. The zombie rules here are they can hear really, really well. They can't see very well. So you can actually, so if you stealth, you can get really close to zombies and, you know, you don't have to engage them. Of course, ammo is limited mm-hmm. and they can hear very well. So every time you do a shot, you know, every time you shoot your gun, other zombies and from all from far away are going to come running towards you. So that's that's kind of Walking Dead style. Yeah, yeah, it's very Walking Dead-ish. Actually, the whole game is very, very Walking Dead. Mm. All right. So, so, so uh, the the other thing that's kind of interesting that they give the players is zombies walk when they're indoors. So you know, it's kind of like a little refuge, but also you're kind of fucking yourself because you're putting yourself <laughs> in a corner. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, so that's sort of the whole zombie bit. But there's also fifty. There's also forty nine other players on the server, including you. Oh, and you can kill each other, can't you? Yes. Yeah, of course you can. Oh fuck. <laughs> so not only are you contending with zombies, there's also this really interesting dynamic of survivors slash bandits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is this person, is, when you roll up on someone, are they going to be cool or are they going to try and it, take your shit? It's not just yeah. that. There's a, and it's not perfect, but there's a humanity system in the game. So the more um, actual players you kill, you you lower your humanity. And if you get low enough, you're given a bandit skin, like okay. a new outfit hmm. permanently. So then people know you're a fucking you're, yeah, bandit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it, it's a flawed system because you you can lose your humanity with uh, just defending yourself from other players, you know? Ah, uh, right. right. Um, but it's definitely a game you're going to want to roll with friends, you know, m- more likely, you know? Unless yeah. you, unless you want to kind of do... It might, I mean, I can see interesting dynamics, too, the way you're describing it, like when you're with your friends, like... One gir- one guy goes and fires his gun intentionally to make zombies come towards him, mm-hmm. while right. two other dudes are yep. like, "We'll grab the fucking food." Yep, exactly. My, you know, I was talking to my buddy who was playing it the other night, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I was running completely out of ammo, and like I had three zombies chasing me, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden these two random Russian players came out and saved me, you know." And then he started rolling around. Stole all my shit. No, yeah, no. They 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 just rolled together, and eventually, then there was that moment where the zombies were coming, and they shot me in the ankle. (laughs) There's other little interesting like communication tools in the game. You know, it's like typical. Like you know, you can have chat to all, or they Mm -hmm. also have like location chat. So yes, it's proximity. Yeah, proximity. Yeah, you know, it's earshot. Right. Um, you know, which is generally what you would want to do if you're approaching a town, you know, like friendly approaching a town. I actually, <laughs> actually, actually in the this YouTube video that I just have silently playing next to me, there was somebody did just chat. I'm wearing bandit armor, but I'm friendly. Don't shoot. <laughs> it was in <laughs> yeah. the chat. See, because, yeah, so, you know, the, obviously the game is it's it, it's a mod, you know, right. There's, there's, there's one guy issues. working sure. on it and. uh you know they're 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 trying to work that sort of thing out. But um, another interesting thing about Daisy is it has it's has a real time day night cycle. So if it's, oh real time, so if it's uh, so if it's night wherever the server clock is, then it's si, night in senior. the server. Wow, and it's the whole time, you know. And the thing I love about it is just sort of the way the Arma engine presents graphics. It has a really, really long draw distance and mm-hmm. really good quality long, far draw distance. And it has just like a really, has a great creepy vibe with the way they sort of fog out 
the distance is just kind of like perfect for that desolate zombie atmosphere, you know? Mm-hmm. And the island, it's 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 vacant enough to give you that walking dead feeling. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like they but they populate it perfectly. You know, fifty players on the island. The island's fucking huge. Right. When, e- even when you find the map on the island, it's not like a Minecraft map where it shows where you are. No, it's like a map. Like it's just straight up a map. It doesn't show where you are on the map. It doesn't you show just what direction. Have to figure it out. Yeah, you you have to find a compass. You know, if you want to really know where you're going. <laughs> and apparently, and, and you, you don't have to shoot them in the head. No, no. Yeah, zombies drop one shot anywhere. That's huh. the other thing. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. This game sounds like the 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 only reason I've ever heard to download Arma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You you can actually patch up vehicles and shit. Like you find like vehicle parts thrown Crazy. about and like fix broken down trucks. It you makes see. me uh, it it makes me wonder. You know, like what kind of a following something like this could have, or if it's just like you know the the guy doing it is just doing it as a labor of love and doesn't really care right, how like, big a following this, it could has. Could something like this made into like a free to play game succeed? I don't know. Yeah, is there a way it, to monetize this? Is there a way to monetize it? And even does this if, person care? Yeah, does this person? No, care? they don't probably. But I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. Yeah, because it, it, it seems like it seems like a winner game design idea. You know, like whether or not it's monetizable. <laughs> so I mean, that's and what makes me wonder is you know how they keep adding things to Minecraft, and you know you made the comparison earlier, Tyler. I mean, what if you and your band of survivors could do things like put up a fence? grow crops right you know, oh stuff my like god that. Oh. have a village that you permanently watch <laughs> right or like so a village legit. that you, yeah a village that you take over yeah. and build a barricade around i know it's you just give anthony a boner but, but i was you know <laughs> yeah, you I, 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 I was talking with my buddy who's uh he's actually gotten in touch with the developer and he's helping him with the sound design i've talked oh, wow. about him on here before he's a sound designer in the uk yeah and um and you know we're we're, we're talking about you know, like what you know, what what can be added? Because right now it is just straight up. You spawn in. There are stuff around. You know, it's just there's no end end goal. There's no right. Objective. There's zombies in inventory, and that's pretty and much it. Is that you know? Do you want to mess with that? I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, I'm not sure yeah. what the answer is. If, is that enough, or does there need to be you know a little something more to it? Um, seems like it would be fun for a while but who knows like right something like you would like lose yourself into hardcore for a week and then who knows if you'd ever play it again i don't know yeah i mean like i would i would definitely enjoy it a lot if Mm -hmm. uh if i was able to run around with a group of friends you know yeah i mean one thing i really love about the arma engine um is their excuse me is their first person movement animations Mm. When you pull up the first person camera, one thing I love is, you know, it's a sim. Mm-hmm. So your gun isn't always at the ready, right? Mm-hmm. Your dude's holding it down. So you've got a full, clear field of view. Mm-hmm. And they really animate walking well. And, like, you know, it's buggy. Like, you know, if, if you're going to lunge over a fence, it, you know, you usually get caught and you have to do it twice. But it's still, <laughs> but still, when the animation is, when it's right, it, you know, it works really well. Right. Or, like, you, you can do this move if you're laying on your belly and you can roll over. And they just do it. They just do it really right, you know. Hmm. Um, and I mean, I I totally stumbled upon this because I'm I'm getting excited for the Arma Three coverage I've been seeing going around, and and uh, just saw a lot of people talking about Daisy, and I was like, holy shit! And I mean, I've yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about it over yeah. the last little while, but I don't know. Yeah, I just I'm bought gonna it. Peep it. 
You've, you've talked me into <laughs> I'm just trying gonna it. beep it. Well, it's the first reason I've heard to try Arma. Yeah. Didn't I tried play playing those Arma games. Arma on 360? Didn't you review that? No, 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 no Arma. And, like, right now it sounds, it, you know, because, like, Wait. Arma, just, like, vanilla armor or whatever, sounds a lot like that. What was that uh, indie game that we played that was the World War II shooter that was super realistic? Day of Defeat? No. Red, Red Orchestra, Orchestra Two was that it? Red Orchestra Two, yeah. Right. That we all okay. So not it used uh, to be an indie mod. Is now an, right? Now an right. No, no. I mean more. And and we all tried it. And we were like, it was uh, really no, no. The, the 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 armor games are much better made than that. I mean, mm-hmm. um, Arma is uh, where the Ghost Recon people have fled. Really, it's. Yes. I mean, the 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 simulation and the the amount of control in in just the vanilla Arma game is really impressive. You know, it's like a classic. Like, you know, you can choose where your helicopter drop your drops your team off, and I mean, there's just like, I mean, tons and tons and tons of really interesting shit they do with. Yeah. It. Um. But it. But in the way that Red Orchestra is a simulation, yeah, it's like that hard, but it's not as buggy or janky as that for sure. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Arthur. Uh, Take us to the stars. A lot. Oh, Starhawk. <laughs> the game uh, that you didn't like because it's on PS3. Exactly. That's why I don't like it is because it's on PS3. It's not because it's not. Arthur game. hated it actually because it didn't have uh, it didn't have good six axis controls for the for the <laughs> the Hawks. Right. <laughs> man, man, remember that? Yeah, remember I do. E3. <laughs> When they brought fucking Warhawk on stage and showed really poorly implemented... I, one of the first guides I ever wrote was a Warhawk guide. And I remember trying to use the six-axis thing and being like, oh, you can turn it off, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we were referring to the fact that uh, our, the comments on Arthur's review on Polygon were all about, you're an Xbox fanboy. They talked about how every review I've ever done of a Sony first-party game has been negative. And yep. if you consider Starhawk negative, then I suppose that's true because that's the only... PS3 exclusive. I was going to say, what other, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that wasn't a, a thing at IGN. Like, Greg uh, reviewed all that stuff. Mm. Um, so, uh, so, Starhawk. Yeah, Starhawk. Uh, I, I, Not the best, huh? It has a lot of good ideas. It has some good Just ideas. Not a lot of good... It's it, Okay, so the game that it reminds me the most of is Brutal Legend. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, specifically the multiplayer in Brutal Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I've never tried. Like, there's just like this range of emotions on Tyler's face. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, yeah. It tries to do the RTS mm. third-person action game thing, which nobody has pulled off. Period. Like nobody's made. You mean to combining an RTS with a like, third-person action game? Okay. On a controller in particular. Mm. Uh, and then it throws in tower defense. Which is also something that people have struggled with, though not as much as RTS. Like, what sort of RTS stuff does it do, I guess? You call down bases to build vehicles and supply stuff. Oh, like, but I'm saying, like, are you giving, like, orders, like, to go here? No, something? no, there's base building. Okay. Uh, which you use to get vehicles and equipment and stuff, and then you can also call down defenses, uh, hence the tower defense part. Um, so there's that. And it's just a. Uh, like none, it doesn't feel very glued together. Everything just feels sort of slapped together and held together with tape. 
That's um, a bummer. Not, yeah, I mean, it's been in under development for a long time. Not that long. I don't it think was only it was. announced about it. It was only announced uh, like a year ago. Like a year ago, yeah. No, uh, it I was. mean, Anthony went to that event. <laughs> I went to the reveal event about this exact time last right. year. So it should have taken another year, maybe. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I just I, well, I, was it? Was it? I was going to say were the, the things that Arthur's talking about though. Was it production value though, or was it more like other things? Like the, it wasn't necessarily a time issue as I much. I don't necessarily as, think the production value is the problem. Um, it looks fine. It doesn't animate very well. It animates kind of awkwardly, but that's a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, it uh, just the the basic play mechanics just aren't very good. The controls aren't very responsive. The shooting isn't tuned very well. It takes so many shots to kill anything in that game. Uh, the guns just feel like crap. I don't like it when shooters require a lot of bullets to take. The only game for some reason is Gears that I don't mind that in. But <laughs> yeah, I, I just because Tangent. things in Gears feel substantial, and I don't think that's the case in Starhawk. Yeah. Um, everything is really fragile, though, against explosives like vehicles, grenades just wipe shit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I got a lot of kills with grenades and also with tanks. Um, yeah, I just, it's not fun. The playing that's it and moving around, the game. moving around the battlefield is not fun. It's very slow. It's, there's a lot of ground to cover and not a lot happening on most of that ground. And there's a production limit of 32 objects per team, which means that the idea of taking forward bases is, minimized somewhat just by virtue of the fact that you can't really build a ton of stuff yeah and if the rest of your team has built 32 objects already then you're just fucked like you can be out in the middle of nowhere with nothing to do you can't sell your buildings you you can recover buildings but i mean you have to be next to a building to recover it. oh so you have to go back yeah see what uh, you're saying it's just firing weapons isn't fun using vehicles against other things typically isn't fun Mm. uh yeah, it's. I'm hard pressed to hear a part where you don't think that this is a bad game. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, really. <laughs> what about there are some really good like ideas? Like I said, there are some score. good ideas in it. Like the tower defense stuff actually starts to click in co-op. Co-op is the only moment where I could. I felt like I really had some fun. Is it two player? Or? It's up to four, and it, co-op is a misnomer because it's more like a wave-based survival mode. Mm. And the shitty thing about that is that it's limited to six rounds. Oh, but like it just ends. Yeah, and then it just ends. Uh, is it like what score based i guess at that point then i guess yeah yeah just trying to think and, of like- and the only way that i could figure out how to have fun with it was to sort of game the system in ways that didn't feel intentional uh like scat like the rift energy is the currency with which you build right in starhawk so every map will have these outposts with barrels full of rift energy that you can destroy and eventually during enemy waves they'll respawn hmm so the only way that we could actually set up meaningful defenses between waves was to leave the last enemy of a wave alive and then go around the map and just farm rift energy until we were full. And then we'd make buildings and repeat that until right. we felt like we were prepared enough. That then, really does sound like gaming the system and then kill the last enemy. And that doesn't really feel like what they intended because it takes right. forever. You spend more time not shooting things than you do shooting things, which in some games, it's fine, but this is a shooter. Right. So you'd think that you'd spend most of your time shooting things. Uh, and the game never explains a lot of things that you can do. Like, you can take you can take control of turrets 
as an example, and it never explains that to you. What do you mean? Take like like, like jump on turrets, it. You can jump into them and control them, like in Toy Soldiers, the way that you control turrets. Mm. Uh, and that's a very powerful weapon, uh, and it never really sees fit to explain that to you. Hmm. And that I think that's really bizarre. Um, but that stuff is is kind of fun. Uh, the idea of everything you build is actually called down onto the map and you can call buildings down on top of other units and kill them. Cool. So bringing a base down on like four guys fun <laughs> just because of the novelty of it. It's like, I just mm-hmm. killed four dudes at once. It's like the most effective I feel in combat is when I drop a building on someone. <laughs> well. uh, you can spawn, you spawn with drop pods kind of like you do in section eight, except not as cool. I yeah, mean, I mean, section eight, it's, the you way slam that, into the ground, it's cool, but in Section 8, it was rad how you came out of it. Exactly, like, like ah, you start mm. in the belly of a ship, and you aim at the planet, and then it just fires you out. Uh, in Starhawk, you're in the pod until you hit the ground. But mm. you can maneuver the pod to hit things. Uh, like, there were definitely moments where I collided with hawks in mm. midair. Wow, cool. And destroyed them, and that's cool. You know, or landed on top of a hawk on the ground, or a tank, or a dude. Mm-hmm. Like all of those things are fun, but they're not reliable. And once you land on something and kill it, you still are then a guy with a shitty gun that isn't very good at moving around. <laughs> so it's just these interesting moments punctuated by stuff that's boring. And it's not, it's not offensively bad. I just think that there are games that do a lot of what Starhawk tries to do much, much, much better. And that's, I mean, we the the nature of evaluating a game's worth is by comparing it to other things, because there are so many better options mm-hmm. out there. You know, mm-hmm. even just random third party games on the PlayStation Three, there are just better games out there. And the story is like the the campaign is a joke. It's it falls prey to like the worst sort of stupid uh, multiplayer objective scenario, like with thin contrivance of plot around it. Uh, so it what so it's uh it's basically just window dressing for the multiplayer. Yeah, it's a tutorial. Right. It's window dressing for a tutorial. It's just bots like that you're fighting against in, in scenarios. And it's and that's just why? Like why even waste my fucking time? It because you're not fooling anyone when you do that. And the only real difference is they change the damage model, so playing through the campaign fucks you up for multiplayer because you expect things to behave a certain way and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Like Warhawks are reasonably effective killing machines in the campaign, mm-hmm. and they just get knocked the fuck out of the air mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat in multiplayer. Um, and this, and like I said, the story is just insultingly underdeveloped, and yeah. there are no likable characters in it, and it just makes the the faintest movement in the direction of explaining anyone's motivations. Um, Lame. So yeah, it's just I. It's not very good. It but it functions. You know, like. You and obviously there is a very passionate fan base for Warhawk because half of them commented on my review. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I, uh, one of my buddies on Xbox Live has been really pushing us to all try Starhawk. He's like, I love it, man. I'm hooked. But yeah, it's kind of not, not, not gripping me. <sighs> I mean, maybe. maybe yeah, you know, you'd a, like it. I don't know. Yeah, um, to me, it just seems like if it's if it's one of those things that 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 that, that hits your bag you know if you're if you're look because it's kind of they're, they're they're trying to do that western sci-fi thing right with the sort of art style and theme sure yeah i mean i, I don't know 
maybe if that's your thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of Anthony's thing. It's true. Honestly, which is why I just gave him a copy. Yeah. I think uh we'll see. I don't know. I'm 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 going in with very 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 tempered expectations. <laughs> I mean, did you like War Hockey? I saw you play it a few times, but you never seemed to really get into it. Yeah, I thought it was fun, but I didn't have friends who played it, and for me that's what keeps me in most multiplayer games. Like the only multiplayer game I'll play regardless of friends is Call, Call of Duty. Duty. That's it. It's the only one that I don't care whether there's friends or not. Mm. So. yeah yeah i just and i wonder i i'm curious about its long-term sustainability as far as building an audience <laughs> it's like you could say that about 99 percent of games with multiplayer sure. these days, you know? <laughs> I, man that's and that's just it's it's kind of sad too because you know a lot yeah. of games are multiplayer specific like only <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah i played yeah. a couple of multiplayer only games too recently I it's, I played some some story based games that actually I think will have audiences that stick around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I played a lot of Max Payne three over the last day and a half. Oh, can you talk about that though? Yeah, because there were previews about multiplayer and single player over the last couple of weeks. Um, nice. And even if I hadn't, the thing about Rockstar games, which I was talking to Tyler about earlier, is that. Red Dead and Grand Theft Auto are a couple of the very rare examples of third-person action campaign-oriented games that had very large, dedicated multiplayer communities for extended periods of time. There are still people that play Red Dead online. I didn't know that. Um, So, I mean, I expect that once uh, Max Payne comes out that there will be people that play that multiplayer. And there's no reason for them not to because it is a very competent multiplayer offering and it's certainly better shooting than they've ever had in any game they've ever done. Um, because I finally got to play it. I had never played it until nice. last night and today. I, I think I played through like half of it today. Um, oh, man. I'm, I'm really excited for this one because I know, I know Arthur, I know you... You've not been a fan of the shooting in, in no. the Rockstar games, but you know, I, I, I thought the shooting in Red Dead Redemption was a big step forward. You sure. Know? So I mean if GTA, Max Payne is GTA four was a big step forward. Yeah, you know, so if Max Payne man, they, the the animation systems they got working there, the Euphoria engine. Um I've never played a Max game, Max Payne but, but man, this one. I got loved me them hyped. back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. So I mean, the thing that I would say is that Max Payne 3 feels very, very much like what you remember Max Payne playing like. Mm. Like okay. an action Quake mod? Sort of. Uh, I mean, you can... Uh, I have turned off lock or soft lock, so it's not like other grand, other Rockstar shooters and that you just hold the left trigger and shoot things. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you don't need to hit the left trigger at all for most of that game because... You it's can just dive pin, in slow motion. It's just pinpoint PC accuracy where you right. where you'd like move the mouse pointer over things and shoot. Mm, yeah, Max Payne, you never zoomed in unless it was a sniper rifle. Uh, right. In which case, why the fuck were you using a sniper huh. rifle <laughs> to shoot uh, flammable objects in the distance? To yeah, kill. maybe. Other than that, you were just like nothing but my sawed off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it actually plays really well, uh, and I'm a little surprised by that. And nice. it's one of the few games I played that. Uh, much the much the same as other Rockstar games, actually, and I, I just you'd think that they'd have figured something else out by now. Uh, is that the only language it speaks is death, and that the only way you get any feedback as to what you're doing is by dying. Mm. Like uh, 
if you die, I guess you just weren't doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it loads so fast, and the checkpoints are frequent enough that when you die, you'll be playing again very, very quickly. Mm. Um, and fights can be over really fast. Yeah, that's like, that's key to something like that being not frustrating. Well, that was the good thing about old Max Payne 2 is that every guy basically took like one or two bullets. Yeah, and that's the same here. The, the guns feel really good in that they just wreck people's shit really quickly. Mm. And it's really, really graphically violent. Oh, uh, yeah. See, the old one wasn't really violent at all. No. No body parts blasted off. All you got was like a really like poofy silly looking cloud of like blood dust i haven't mm-hmm. blasted off anybody's head but any anywhere you shoot somebody like there's a bullet wound mm-hmm. um and headshots get really gory because it's got like that puckered hole yeah <laughs> like and when you kill the last person the game goes into slow-mo right and shows bullets coming from your gun <laughs> and going to the dude and right first of all if you hold down a it slows the bullet motion down so you can see it hitting the guy. And then Slow if you keep hitting the right back. trigger, Max will keep shooting that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just do the thing where you're shooting him way after he's dead. Yes. Like as oh, he's dying, man. because it's oh, like the last God. second of this dude's life in really excruciatingly <laughs> slow motion. Uh, and it doesn't take any ammo to pump extra bullets into him. Cause so why do, wouldn't uh, you? Do you remember a uh, soldier of fortune? Yes. <laughs> Is it violent like that? I haven't blown off any limbs Mm. of any or anything like that i've seen people with limbs that were blown off but i was never (laughs) the one that caused that damage Mm. uh yeah lots of blood and also anytime max gets shot there's like a wound there so by the end of the level like he's just like covered in in bullet wounds (laughs) well also what i've seen of their uh they're sort of like death animations they're very like kind of like unsettlingly real well so was red dead right yeah not like this Uh, yeah red dead was more like their 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 physics would go the way it would make sense so if someone's running at you and you shoot him like obviously he'll keep a little forward limits and rolling over but this one seems more of like the 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 skeleton system is aware of like human physiology Mm. you know but yeah, in yeah. Red Dead, you'd also get people, you know, that were like crawling away, crying and stuff, like that, <laughs> yeah. so, which was disturbing in its own way. It's it's weird that Euphoria, which is the physics and animation system mm-hmm. powering it, in a way, you'll almost hope, or you'll you'll almost wish that they had a less uh, exact <laughs> physics system because there's a part like in the second or third level where you're on scaffolding outside of a, a skyscraper. And you'll do a dive, but if you're high enough up, like, and your hip collides with the rail, like, you'll just go over. <laughs> oh, I see. Because in the old one, you would just kind of hit and slide you along bounce the bounce off, right. yeah, because it's like havoc physics or whatever. Right. Yeah. Not in this. It's like, you hit that, and you're just like, boop. <laughs> you're like, I shouldn't have dove <laughs> exactly yeah, that I guess way. I better be really careful with how I do the bullet-timed uh, jump move. <laughs> and that's another difference is I don't remember. How did bullet time accumulate in one and two? You like, killed guys. You yeah. killed guys. So in this, bullet time accumulates when you shoot di- dudes and you're not in bullet time. Or mm-hmm. if you're in bullet time and shoot them in the head, I think. Uh, if you're behind cover and getting shot at, your meter goes up. Oh, yeah. Uh, and no matter it's how like much, a rage meter. but in the first one you never took cover either. Right. No. no matter how much uh, bullet time you have saved up, diving will always engage bullet time. Oh, so it's like, did you ever play wet? 
Yeah. Uh, like every time you dove in wet, it went into slow. Okay. Motion. Yeah. See, the, yeah, the mm-hmm. old, the old ones weren't like that. You could definitely run out and then you were just a dude jumping around like an idiot. And, yeah. and that seems <laughs> like the sort of compromise that they've made with modern gaming because they sure shit didn't do it with the health mechanic. Cause there's no regenerating health. Yep. It's still pills. Pain, it's still, still painkillers. Uh, which will lead to some moments where you're doing the same section over and over again, waiting for that one perfect time when you didn't take a ton of damage. And then you get to the pill cabinet. <laughs> yeah. And then you find pills. Uh, so pills in that way, it still pills. plays a lot like, Pill. like a older max pains, because even though you can take cover, the dudes won't get within 10 feet of you and then just hide behind cover forever. They'll try to come around you. <sighs> And I want to play you. And do yeah, I want to play it. Too. I play it too. I, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm only halfway through, so I've been doing basically the same thing. The any whole time. Uh, any boss fights? No, none. That's good. There there have been extended yeah, like the boss fights in the old Max Payne games sucked. Yep, balls. Uh, yep. It's definitely a Rockstar game that there are really long cinematic sequences. Right. And people are like, oh, motherfucker, that bitch, oh, it's a rock game. Yeah, and right at the beginning, there's that sort of token, oh, right, it's Rockstar doing social commentary on America for a second. Great. <laughs> now uh, let's go into killing people. But the thing that Rockstar games do really well that I don't know if people necessarily point out um, is that they establish a sense of place probably better than almost anyone and they really established well, Sao Paulo. Well, you pointed it out now. I mean, I, <laughs> I haven't heard people talk about it very much. Uh, but they really established Sao Paulo as a place. Yeah. Like, it's a very distinct place from America. Uh, and when every environment feels very well established. Um, I mean, that was, that was the big thing in Red Dead. I remember we talked about it a lot, about how, you know, when you go into Mexico, it felt like fucking Mexico. You mm-hmm. know, it felt like you yeah. crossed into a foreign country. How, just how distinct all the different environments felt. Mm-hmm. You go up into the mountains where it was kind of, you know, where it was snowy, and then you'd go above the tree line. And, yeah, it all felt really good. Like, when you were in, like, when you were down in that town by the bayou and then when you were up in like the boston like city like the east coast city you know like everything just felt like such complete iconic mm-hmm. uh spaghetti western settings mm-hmm. that uh yeah and then liberty city you know like liberty city and gta 4 is a fantastic city cities are characters themselves yeah yeah, yeah sure. exactly that's been their mo for a long time so i think that's a really good observation arthur how is the okay. um, How's the how's the soundtrack? I know they got a bunch good. of exclusive. Uh, I'm not like hearing much in the way of licensed stuff, except in in clubs, uh, uh, basically where you would expect to hear licensed music. Yeah, okay. Um, there are titties in that game. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> I played other games. I just remembered, but I don't want to talk about them yet. Okay, played some Ghost Recon. Man, I'm excited How for was that, that one. I'm not excited for that. You know what? It is way fucking better than I thought it would be. It's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I was actually not excited for that either. Um, yeah, it's just every time I've seen it, I'm always like... Uh, it shooter. looks a lot better than I expected it to look, too. It looks, it's very clean. That's mm. good, considering they've. it's been like fucking four years in development at this point, almost. Yes. I don't think so, because they had another Ghost Recon game that got canceled a couple years ago. Well, oh. that one was Future Soldier. It's always been Future Soldier. There was a Ghost Recon X or something. Oh, but I'm saying Future Soldier's been like made, right, canceled, yeah. or remade. So, yeah. uh, wasn't it like first person at one point? No, it was. It was. It was. It was. Uh, 
It was first. Per- it was first person when you were in cover. Third person. Yeah, when yeah. You were. yeah. Uh, Does it still do that? No, there's no first person at all. Okay. Um, it is very streamlined. Uh, it is very much a logical extension of Advanced Warfighter and a further step away from what people expect when they hear Ghost Recon. So there's that, and I think that that's going to upset a lot of people. Um, Can I give squad commands? Yes, kind of. <laughs> um, there is tactical considerations to make with your squad, but you can't order them around the, the field. Um, you can designate targets and sync shots and stuff like that. Um, can you tell them, like, go stealth or we're going to go assault? No, because basically you'll be stealth all the time because that invisibility shit is is active from the second mission on. Mm. Okay, yeah. See, in previous designs they had had, that was going to be, like, tailored to specific missions. Like, Yeah, that's not the case anymore. Probably because well, they sounds, figured out that that so was... So what you're saying is it sounds like a potentially cool shooter. It doesn't sound like what people yeah. expect from a Ghost Recon game. Uh, the thing that I told Tyler earlier, the thing that will set up giant red flags for the traditional ghost recon fans is that you can't change the firing mode on your gun in in the middle of a uh, level or give orders like tell them where to go <laughs> like, like in other ghost recon games you hit up on the d-pad or left or right and it right, changes from automatic fire, to semi-automatic yeah. it that's not in there anymore boomer I'm hoping the the co-op will kind of harness some sort of middle ground between like terrorist hunt and the old school graw, but co-op. You know, That'd be Ho- nice. I'm hopeful for that. Yeah. Yano. Me too. Yeah. But uh, it's I like it's a lot of fun. I it it's a very good, very polished, very momentum driven first person shooter with fun gadget stuff and tactical Third considerations. Third person shooter. How's the uh, gunsmith stuff? Is that cool? Like, do you collect stuff through the levels as you go, or as how does you, that work? As you complete challenges, you get new parts. Ah, I see. To use yeah. uh, on your guns. I mean, do they have like a pretty immediate effect? Like, you can feel an effect on it when you sure change it around. That's good. And they look different, so there's that. Okay. Um, so yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I remember when they started at E3, they made it sound like you customize a ridiculous amount. You of you can like basically every component of a gun you can change. But the big question is. Can you do all of your gun customization with Connect? With Connect? Yeah. <laughs> Great yes. job, Jeremy. <laughs> Can I punch the air to fire my gun? That was ah. move, not Connect. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, awesome. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I saw MechWarrior online. I played it. I've I've Sweet. controlled a mech. And battled. I I saw that at GDC. I really want to play that game. So having played it, I will say, if you've ever played an old MechWarrior game, like for mm-hmm. instance me, I think I put a ton of time in with three. Yeah, three um, was the one for me too. Uh, three was the one for you. It's it's <laughs> it's still very MechWarrior. Like like when you start a match at the start of the match, you assign, you quickly set weapon groups for your guns. Right. Because you don't want to fire all your guns at once. You want to fire them in in groups so that you don't overheat because heat is obviously still the biggest concern when you're on the battlefield. Except this time you can at least walk in water to dissipate your heat. If you have heat sinks on your legs. Ah. Like, that matters. Wow, cool. Um, also, like having like, uh, you know, you can take ammunition-based weaponry 
But if you don't load it with ammo, then they won't work. Like you have to, so you have to think about that. <laughs> so you have to keep, you have to take a slot and put ammo on it. Right. Well, let's say you have a mech that allows you to slot ammo on like your left arm, and then someone shoots you with an APC round on that on that right arm. They could trigger a detonation of your ammo. That's and awesome. blow your arm up. Uh, like, yeah, that's how the tabletop game worked. Yeah. So. It's it's very much like the pacing of it, and I think talking to the the studio head and the guys that are making it, it is very clear that a lot of their inspiration comes not only from the old MechWarrior games, but from sort of the pacing and feel of the big world of tanks battles. Hmm. Ah. In the sense that every class has a role, you know, like if you're a light guy, you're going to get earned points for spotting people, and spotting really matters because say you're in like one of the mechs with the giant ammo uh, missile missile magazines on mm-hmm. their you know, those guys can fire art and arcs up over mountains and then hit them. So right. they're earning points, but you're earning points because you, you know, you contributed to that. Right. Um, and also it's like, just because you're in a light one, you don't die that easy. It isn't like World of Tanks either where like two shots you go down. Like a light mech still can usually take enough punishment that they can roll in there and get out. Like they can yeah. spot things. And they move, then they move quick enough that the rotation of like the larger mechs can't keep up with them if they're close enough. Most of the time. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty true. And that's the other thing is like, right. It's like, it takes a little bit of getting used to, cause when you see it, right. Like I think some people, like I've heard some people talk about it and they just look at it and like, Oh, well to me, it just looks like another first person shooter, except I'm in a big, except I'm in a, I'm in a big mech. Like, it's just like, it's just like a, yeah, no, a perspective switch rather than mm-hmm. like an actual switch, which I think when I've seen things for like that Hawken game, that's mm-hmm. the impression I get from the Hawken game. Mm-hmm. The Hawken game yeah. Yeah, yeah, feels yeah. like, yeah, I'm in a mech, but it's live and it's very fast. And exactly, so, yeah. but this is like, this is a lumbering machine. And right. when you commit <laughs> to like running really fast, you can't just be like, I'll stop. And I stop on a dime. It's like, has to like slow down. Yeah. Like, and like, down. and yeah. And it, it is like a tank in that your torso rotates separately from your legs. Right. So you can set yourself full speed ahead and then rotate your turret and then you're running and running and running. Right. And you also have to take into account like, you know, ramming into someone could, could cause damage or, mm. or the fact that you have different armor plates. Like you might, when you're going into the mech lab where you do our customization, you could sit there and put armor on your front chest, but then put nothing on your back, which means all of a sudden if your back gets exposed, you know, since you got to put those armor points where you wanted it, mm-hmm. as long as you don't go over your tonnage, mm-hmm. like you could basically set yourself up to be fucked, you know, if someone gets you <laughs> in the right spot. So Like old battlefield tanks. <laughs> right. And, you know, you can customize the weapons to, on your mech to some extent. Like you have, to, there are hard points, like it might be like you, this can take energy weapons. So you can't put like missile launchers on there, but you can put different energy weapons. And heat is always such a concern. Oh, yeah. Like that's how they prevent people. You can't just make like a doom machine that can fire like crazy things. I mean, you could, but then you're going to fire it once and you're going to shut down in front of everyone. Right. Just get railed on. How embarrassing. <laughs> and when you shut down in front of uh, people, now you can mash O to override the, the, the uh, heat. Uh-huh. But doing that has a chance to trigger your magazines and blow you up. Yeah. Like, so it's like a it's a risk reward. So, so you can override the heat, uh, but do you like you blow- can tell your you- engine to come back on. You know oh, I mean? gotcha, gotcha. Like, gotcha. despite the heat, you can be like, fuck the right. heat, we're coming back online. <laughs> we're, it's like an Odama moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you, it's, you, it's, so, uh, it's like, it, it depends on how desperate the situation is. <laughs> but yeah, that game's, that game's looking cool. Like, if you're an old MechWarrior fan, right? Yeah. Or, like, that idea of that slower kind of combat sounds cool. They still have a lot of work to do with the role warfare, role warf, role warfare stuff. Like, they want to have, like, you know, where, like, light mechs can sit there and 
and use like special thermal visions to mm-hmm. view like the heat signatures left behind by mechs to track them like in more hmm. urban environments. Oh, cool. You know, and that one, and like they've said, like in snow worlds, like heat signatures are going to stand out way worse. Whereas like if you're playing in desert worlds that they're designing, like those ones will be like, you know. Yeah, it's like heat camouflage. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and like in a snow world, if you're one of those guys with crazy fucking lasers, you'll heat, your heat will will dissipate faster and you won't build it as fast either. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, what, the interesting thing talking to them though was that they never wanted, here's a little Rebel FM scoop for you. <laughs> I didn't really figure out, I haven't really found anything else to talk about this, but scoop. they did not want to make a multiplayer game. Oh. They wanted to make a single player game. Really? Like that was always their goal. Huh. And wow. The, and then they shopped it around. So no Mech Warrior game or Mech Assault game has ever sold less than a million copies, was right. what I was told. Right. And so they shopped, and so this was going to be the first multi-platform Mech Warrior game. Right. Uh, Which you would almost think would guarantee to sell more than a million titles. Right. That's, that's what they were saying. They, were, right. so they went to publishers, and they were like, look, we can only put it on PC and Xbox, because Microsoft does still have a stake in the license. Uh-huh. But they're like... But every other one sold a million, so we can guarantee you at least a million units. Like base your, you know, you can base your budgets mm-hmm. that you'll work with us all around that. Mm-hmm. Like we want to make this a single player game, and then everyone was basically like, "Nah, like if it can't do three million, we're just not interested." Really? And uh, and so they ended up making. And the reason like is three million kind of the minimum for game sales these days <laughs> for AAA budgets or something? I don't know, but so that you know, so high. they made it a multiplayer game. Like that's not saying that they aren't making. Like a game that they don't love because I hung out with the dudes. They fucking love, <laughs> but but they, uh, you know, it's, it's it was just interesting talking about that. And it, what it all came down to, it sounded like a lot of it was the budget for our assets for a single player game are astronomically higher than a multiplayer game because they were like, yeah. we can take like three months and work on a map in multiplayer that's like you know detailed and stuff like that and in CryEngine, mm-hmm. and that takes like our their 10 artists like you know like three months right mm-hmm. and then but they're like if that was a single player level like in a linear single player story mm-hmm. you would walk through that in about like seven minutes <laughs> yeah so there was like seven minutes of gameplay time for like three months of our asset work yeah you know, like like so they were just like multiplayer yeah. made a lot more sense because they could create a few environments that are really fun to play and still use the mech mechanics they wanted to do and all that totally totally so that game looks really cool then, it does look really cool. I was really excited after seeing it at GDC. Yeah. And I also saw the other game you probably saw at GDC. I finally played Sins of a Dark Age. Like, I nice. played it. And Very I will say, cool. That game's undergone some radical changes since they showed it at GDC. Like what? So that's the thing about Craig and Blair, the guys that run Ironclad games. Yeah. You know, Fucking crazy people. They're, they're crazy, right? <laughs> they, they just don't care because it's their studio, and Sins of a Solar Empire sold really well, and mm-hmm. they've made enough money to like, like be cool. Right. And, you know, since Solar Empire was another game that they shopped around to publishers and every publisher basically told them they're fucking crazy. And then they did it anyway. Because it was only 10 people. a million copies. uh, It was like a few guys coming off of Rockstar Vancouver. Yeah. Which uh, Blair worked at. And Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like, you know, they were basically like, we want to make this crazy 4X game that looks pretty good and has like all the scale and has this giant tech tree. And they're like, how many people is your staff? 10. Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) It's like... They're like, we'll go do it anyway. Yeah, and so Starduck, you know, so that's yep. that game's totally done really well for Oh, them. yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think it sold a few few million units, Easy. which for a studio of 10 people. Easy. Um, so I went out to their their little studio in like Barnaby, no DRM either. Barnaby Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, now <laughs> they've expanded to a mass of 13 people. Damn, dude. 
their <laughs> their office is probably as big as two of my apartments like that's right it's, it's pretty small right and uh like for instance their mom still caters their food every wednesday <laughs> like, she lives across the street and cooks for them um that's and so cool. they showed me it was it's like it was like the most unbelievable experience seeing their game mm-hmm. because they are so transparent about everything hmm. so like when i was there they're not trying to hide anything on the walls or anything mm-hmm. like that like they showed me the early design documents from Sins, which are quite literally written on like the backs of folders and napkins and that sort <laughs> right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's happened. They're like, oh yeah, we still have these. They're just you know whatever. And <laughs> and uh, and they apparently design board games too. Like like they just do all these that cool is things. So but, cool. So okay, but back to Sins of a Dark Age, right. which is their MOBA RTS yeah. hybrid game. You know, right? Five people play heroes like League of Legends. One person plays as an RTS commander. Yeah. But some fundamental changes that have undergone are. Uh, you no longer build bases as the RTS commander at all. That is a huge change. Yeah. That's um, like, because, I mean, that was the whole thing, is that, like... So they said that basically what ended up happening in their playtest was that the commander ended up spending a lot of time focusing on his base right. and was not having fun participating in battles. Right. Didn't, so now you wasn't start, there with the action. And I bet, like, the hero characters would be like cast a spell cast this do this right, right and now. he's like dude i'm trying to fucking uh, like make sure my gold peons are doing their thing <laughs> right so now there's like no resource harvesting like that at all you accrue gold and then there are gold nodes throughout the map that like an accompany heroes or dawn of war-esque yeah. way you yeah. capture to accrue additional resources wow the commander instead what he does before battles he builds out a, a deck of cards basically virtual cards mm-hmm. and then to get access to that cards he has to spend in game like the match currencies he's earning mm-hmm. to unlock new tiers of tech like on his barracks he would buy like military level two and then mm. that would give him access to these unit cards mm. that he can then add to his deck mm-hmm. you know and deploy on the battlefield and then those are on cooldowns basically mm-hmm. and they have mana costs mm-hmm. so they're still doing a lot of tweaking but that's that's just like an example of their design philosophy which is like yeah. like they kill their babies like the sure. only thing they said in this game that is sacred is that it will definitely have heroes and a commander right but how it. that comes down is like right still very much to be determined like, see how crazy is that because there, there aren't too many games that you would that you would have seen in a public showing like gdc that then the developer would go and like change a whole bunch of stuff and completely because i mean like they have marketing beats out there now right where like there have been stories written yeah, I'm on sure and Stephanie commented shop on shop was just like having heart palpitations yeah she, she's their that, main pr that when person. i saw it the publisher was not exactly aware of all these changes. So when I saw it, they were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And see, that's that's how those dudes roll. Exactly. And I love that shit because it's like, they're going to do whatever they think is best for the game. And then, and then the end product will bear out whether or not they made the right decision. It's not something that was handed down to them based off market testing. Mm -hmm. All right. It's, it's based off their own internal play test. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so for them, like another thing they did was like in the original one, all the units you fought in the game and all the towers that were built would always be done by the commander. Mm. And the mode I played, at least, they're working on like a few other modes, but the mm-hmm. mode I played had pre-made towers just like League of Legends or Dota, mm-hmm. and there were creeps that spawned mm-hmm. alongside the commander's units. Mm. So there were still creeps that gave heroes stuff a chance to farm experience and gold, right. you know, and, and also have a chance to fight things and feel powerful. But then you in that midst of that wave might be a hero-controlled unit that's going to, like doesn't care if it runs past your towers right. and gets killed because it's out to kill you. Right. You know? So so one of the things for me with, like, League of Legends and Dota and stuff like that is uh, all the items stuff that you can tack on top of everything has just always been a little bit daunting to me. 
Especially, you know, so at least in like League of Legends, I would just do whatever the default suggestions were. So, I want so this did, one does a really smart thing for it mm. because not only do they have their suggested builds for heroes, mm-hmm. but they're also going to basically, since it's a free to play game and you're on their server, they're always going to crowdsource what people are buying and they're going to give recommended builds off of what the best people playing those characters mm. are buying nice that's awesome so you can see those like that's what they want to do that's exactly what i want is because i want to know what the best stuff is to buy basically they're like everyone what do you do when you play like dota you go check like one of the old dota forums exactly you go check like one of the league of legends and you look at someone's build yeah and they don't want you to do that in this game they just want you to be like oh this is what really good people build so i'm going to do that right like it's all in game sounds good to me so yeah you know it's it's a word it's got, it's Sorry. got, it's, it's, it, but the heroes are very much like you, if you've played League of Legends or Dota, you'll immediately yeah. understand them. It's QWER for your abilities. You have three powers and ultimate, right? Like all these things are like standard for the genre, but their heroes are still like, they're all, they're all a lot of fun to play. Like I had a great, I, that game is still like, doesn't even have a release window. Like they don't know yet, hmm. but I played it and I was like, this is, this is already a lot of fun. Like if they can get those other mechanics tuned and stuff and depending on how they do their free to play transactions, cause I don't mm-hmm. even think they figured that out yet. Right. Like, you know, like that it, it's on a, like I, I am a believer in what those dudes can do. Yeah. Me so, too. Definitely. It, and it'll be nice to see. And I'm a believer just in their corporate philosophy as well. Yeah. Th- you know, that's the only studio I'll probably ever go to where the, the front girl working the desk mm-hmm. also, play tests every round and is super into the game like <laughs> when they, awesome. like when like when we did a when we did a six on six she was just yeah. like up oh, turn off this and now we all battle on this <laughs> that being said none of them had monitors either they all played on giant wacom tablets whoa i thought that was so cool that is fucking awesome Weird. wait awesome. on cintiqs you mean oh well that's what it, yeah the, yeah, the yeah giant, i don't I, i'm yeah. ignorant of this but these <laughs> yeah, are like the giant like the giant wacom cintiqs yeah. Yeah. yeah the cintiqs are the uh the screens that are also yeah. tablets yes so that's what everyone there had those oh god those things are so expensive yes They're and so every cool. everyone had them there and it was like watching the, like so like one second they'd be playing the game and then they would they can drop like things they're working on right into the the game environment really easy mm. so you'd like see a guy changing like some ui thing and then immediately drop in the game and cast the spell to see how the ui turned out. and then you go back and alter it again cool. with this tablet so how fun yeah they got a really neat little studio yeah you know? that is badass so i have high hopes for that game you know i think that's yeah. a game that like coming from these guys like a lot of people unless you're in the know you probably know nothing about it Mm-hmm. But like, I would not be surprised in in two years if that was like a game people talked about right alongside like other really big free to play games. So nice. I I think you would be correct. I hope so. Mech Warrior as well. I hope yeah. those guys. That's yeah. another free to play one. I hope it does. Yeah, exactly. Turns out well. Well, speaking of free to play, real quick, Tribes update came out yesterday. New maps. New maps. I played them. Uh, it, the only thing that sucks about the new maps, uh, and I hope that they fix this in the future, is that you can't just like say that you want to play the new maps i had to go yeah, i had to you like just have to say ctf and hope it pops up yeah exactly and that was kind of a bar yeah but anyway but still all the game. all the new maps are going to be free for everyone right no they are oh yeah they're yeah, already out cool. and they're new yeah. yeah yep play tribes put black light yep and with that unless arthur has another game he really wants to talk about no we've been going for about 80 minutes we take a break <laughs>
So Bill writes in from Wisconsin, non-net game-related letter. I'm just kidding. Bill, Bill, so What kinds Bill. of things did you steal when you were kids, and how did you do it? My terrible haul was things like a snort's whistle, a go-bot, fruit stripe gum, <laughs> and Voltorn stickers for a Panini sticker book. Voltron? Oh, yeah, Voltron. He spelled it wrong. I may have, sorry, I just read it. I may have been a dumb kid. I may have been a dumb kid, but I was smart enough to shove these things in my pants when I stole them, assuming department store employees wouldn't go into a child's pants to retrieve stolen goods. So he says, by the the way, I was done shoplifting by the age of seven or so. P.S. Should I break up with my girlfriend? That's the letter. (laughs) I guess if you're asking, the answer is probably yes. But uh, I will say the only things I ever stole was a couple times. This is really bad. But a couple times I stole some shit from a thrift store, which is like the worst, right? Why did I do that? <laughs> I was like 12. Yeah. And then like once when I was eight, I tried to steal a pack of gum. My mom caught me. Slapped the shit out of me. My, uh, my stepbrother and I stole uh, micro machines from a Target near Huntington Beach where I used to live. This I was like 11, maybe 12. And uh, we actually made it all the way out the store and onto the parking lot when the security guard came out and stopped us. And was like, you need to come back in. And I didn't, apparently, if you're outside the store, you can just keep walking. But you didn't know, of course. I didn't know that. So, of course, I went back in the store, bawled my eyes out. My mom came and got me. She actually made a special appointment at the Huntington Beach Police Department so that I had to go talk to a police officer (laughs) about doing what I was doing. It was like... I don't feel like that happens anymore. Talk about, like, putting the fucking fear of God in a 12-year-old. We're going to take you to the police! (laughs) Most shoplifting occurs via employees. Yeah, I didn't steal like from stores when I was a kid, but when I when I got into college, I my I you know I I took a course in social deviance and it kind of changed my life. (laughs) It taught you how to steal. E v i a n c e right? Yeah, deviance. D e v i a n t s. (laughs) I was just like fuck it, fuck whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) No deviance. Sorry, but yeah, no, and I mean, I would, I mean, I guess you could call it like stealing, but like, uh, I would get off on like sneaking into concerts or uh. like, yeah, getting shit free that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we've all pirated to, stuff, so we've all stole stuff that yeah. way. Oh yeah, that's true. So yeah, <laughs> that's true. We're all thievers. I guess I was just thinking of, of physical things yeah, that I no. grabbed with my bare, dirty mitts. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. know exactly what you're thinking of, but I hardly think that counts. I may have, I may have been Robin Hood at one point in my life. Um, so another, so, Fuck that company. Yeah, so Deal writes in and says, uh, he says, or his name's Harris, I guess. He says, what is your most anticipated releases this year? Which I think would be interesting to say now, because Bioshock's not coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys expect at this year's E3? And lastly, have you guys heard anything new on Halo 4? Are you guys interested in it at all? I think we're all interested in Halo oh, 4. Oh, yeah. We're all interested, yeah. but we haven't heard anything that he hasn't heard. Yeah, at this I mean, point. There well, was a bunch of st- I mean, there was stuff in Game Informer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so my most anticipated release of this year, I don't know. But my most anticipated game of the forever is company heroes 2 is that coming out this year <laughs> no it's it's early next year uh, but that being said like like the i'm just excited for that game because honestly i seriously thought that would never get made like ever mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean it was basically said more than once that it wouldn't mm-hmm. yeah so i was like i was like I, I was hoping i would get more relic games in the form of dawn of war and stuff but i fully intended never see another company Heroes. Mm. so it was a not that was not a successful game based on how much it costs to make right 
So that being said, yeah, I'm, 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 that's the game I'm most excited to see. My most anticipated game just came out. You fucking ass. <laughs> uh, tribes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I'm Can't help it. Like cut out every mention of tribes from now on. Yeah, tribes, gonna tribes, beep tribes, every tribes, time. tribes. You know, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Tribes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of just like great big releases this year. I, I mean, would. I, I'm really soaked for the Skyrim DLC. You know, oh, yeah, whatever definitely. that is. Yeah. I would love at E3 to be excited to have a Vita again. <laughs> oh, I mean, what about shit. Resistance Burning Skies? Yeah, that's true. I'll play it because I want something to play on that fucking system I bought. Mm. Um, I mean, they're. Fuck Diablo 2. Diablo 3 comes out next week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for that too. But when. I feel like someone asked this question last week or the week before but, uh, but when people say like what's your most anticipated game i usually feel like they're asking like far out you know like rather yeah, than i've been waiting rather than something that's going to come out next years week years for diablo 3 12 yeah years. sure i know and it's going to be awesome but i mean like i'm talking about like you know people want to think like what you okay. know, maybe holiday uh, season time part of the swarm assassin's creed 3 dishonored halo 4 yeah black assassin's Ops 2 creed looks like it could be really me. interesting um. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't know if Rise is going to come out this year or not. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. We haven't that even just, seen it, really, have we? I mean, there was a trailer for it last year. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a. I mean, Torchlight Two also comes out this year. Torchlight Two comes <gasps> out. Really soon. I have a beta key for it that I comes out. Of, it comes out, I think, a month after Diablo. Nice. And uh, it's very Diablo. Like, I'm sure it is. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's even more like yeah. Diablo 2 than Diablo yeah. 3. Is. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you can yeah. tell that just by looking at it. Potion are you, spam. and yeah. Are you guys excited for Miss of Pandaria? <laughs> I'll play it. I mean, let's just be honest. I'm, I'm going to end up playing it. I'm not going to play it. I mean, like... You're a goddamn liar. I would have to, re- I would have to reactivate my subscription. And well, when you're rich, by the that. time that happens, you'll play... <laughs> there's actually an indie game that's coming out later in the year that i'm really stoked for and i can't fucking think of the name but it's like it has to do with like you know very realistic physics and you build little cars and you put your man in it and like they're they're just like rockets on the car and it just like flies forward towards the goal and it's like sort of just a a, a, a game of chaos you nice. know kind of like kerbal space program but right um, right on the on the x-axis yes <laughs> <laughs> and with physics like. right <laughs> um arthur i just listed off like five games yeah well most of them are coming out like in a month anything out far out i said starcraft 2 and halo 4 and assassin's creed 3 all right, all right. i i the Star Fox game that may or may not be announced for wii u launch that'd be well that'd be nice um so adam writes in with a letter that i think this is this is an arthur thing not because it's like about. Hold on, I'll just read. It's about hating Sony. <laughs> no, I've been a PC gamer my entire life, and I am currently a competitive Counter Strike source player. Over the years, wow, I've dumped thousands of hours into CS. I recently had a weird numbing finger feeling in my pinky finger on the left side of my hand on my left keyboard hand. Well, mm. I mostly feel it after I play, presumably because sometimes I stretch my hand for the control key or something. I remember the topic being brought up on the Bombcast briefly. But they just brushed over it passing. Has anything like this ever happened to you guys? Have you ever heard of people complaining about it? Is this a real thing or am I just going crazy? It can be a real thing. It's RSI. Repetitive stress injury. It's almost definitely a real thing. Yeah, for instance, to go back to the Sins of the Solar Empire, that guy Blair. Yeah. 
he's fucked up his wrist from so long of programming stuff that he no longer uses an arm mouse. He uses what, a vertical mouse. Oh, wow. Or he holds it like he's holding like a cup. Right. And the buttons are on the side. And wow. so his hand, his hand is always facing up, like right. he's shaking oh. someone's hand. So it's like a stamp. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, a, that's actually one thing that I've noticed because I've been playing so much Tribes, which is the most mouse action I've had in like mm-hmm. years. You know, my, my hand definitely hurts. And one thing that I did is I... I, I I settled on sticking with uh, the Cyborg uh, Rat 9 or Rat 7 or whatever it is. Ah, uh, yes. And, uh, I've heard good things about those. Tur- and it turns out that it, it actually... I made it even more comfortable by putting the... it. So the some of the pieces that you can attach on it are, are like these wings, one for your thumb and another one for your pinky, if you want them there. And I actually I put the one on the thumb, but then I realized that my pinky was actually sliding under the mouse, so I put the wing on for the pinky. I don't really like the way that it's shaped. It's kind of has this. It's uh, kind of it doesn't work from the way that I rest my finger on the side of the mouse. But those extra little wing supports on the side of the mouse actually not only help with my grip, but they've made my fingers hurt less, and they made actually my hand hurt less. It's funny you say it because I was talking to Mike Nelson who works at Gamespy these days, and he was saying he came back to work after like a week off where he said he just poop socked it basically with his rat mouse at home and he was like mm-hmm. coming back to his logitech like basic one at work he's like this this sucks yeah <laughs> yeah so, those rat things are very garish looking to me but apparently they feel great yeah well i mean that's the thing is that until i pl- had the the microsoft sidewinder uh i didn't think that ugly mice were anything but ugly but it turns out that the ugly mice usually tend to be the ones that are the most comfortable to use i um i just don't use mice very often i yeah i've actually would you use your tablet no he's controller guy for pc games. oh for pc games i mean i'll use a controller but i don't play pc games very often what about when you're doing work on a pc touchpad on my mac yeah um i I recently got bit by the Battlefield 3 bug again, but on PC. I've been playing oh, wow. a lot on PC lately. And uh, Anthony, I was wondering, man, you should check it out. I know you haven't checked it out. I think you might like it. Sorry. Battlefield was... 3. Oh. PC. PC. I've um, played like four rounds. You're just sure I have not played that much. It's so yeah. weird to me that you never jumped into that. Yeah, I we know, should play together. It's just bad timing. But yeah, it's I've you been... being a bad person. <laughs> it's me being a bad person. But Tyler. I, I have been playing with like people and my friends, but yeah, it, it, like uh, I have a ganglion in my left hand, and it like my ganglion came back from playing a lot of Battlefield Three. Mm. Wow, yeah, I can believe it. So I mean, the bottom line is to the I can't even remember the guy's name for the letter now. I feel bad, but the the bottom line is, dude who wrote in that stuff is real, and every time something like that happens, you should pay attention to it and do not keep playing when that was something Adam. happens, Adam. Um, do not keep playing. Every time you feel something like that, it's time to take a break or time to just not play for the rest of the day. A lot of times it's due to micro tears in the tenants in your forearm. And you're agitating them? Yeah. Well, you're making them more torn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yay! So, Don't yes. ever let someone tell you playing video games isn't a sport. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Don't ruin your really dedicated jerkin career. <laughs> so uh, so one, somebody wrote in. Fortunately, that's a vertical And they say, control. can I play Diablo 3 with a trackpad? He says, if not, what kind of accessories should I get? Uh, a mouse? A fucking real mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you can, theoretically. You you're going to hate your Buy life. a USB mouse. Actually, I bet if you had one of those, uh, one of the larger, like, external trackpads, it would probably be pretty easy no. to play Diablo with. No it. way. No? No. 
You get way less range of motion in fingers than you do in moving your entire arm. Because like the the buttons don't move with you, you know. Like the buttons are stationary. It's like if your hand moves, you have to lift it up and click. Yeah. You know, it's just bad mouse clicks. Bad times. Well, not if you tap to click. Oh yeah, some trackpads are just tap on the trackpad, yeah. huh? Technology. <laughs> Technology. What is it? <laughs> Technology. Can a computer add nine 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 nine? Wait, I'm uh, not finished. Ten, 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 hey, nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, buy a fucking mouse. Just do yourself a favor. I mean, Diablo is known as the game that broke mice. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, people it's like, would buy cheap mice. I played, because they I, went through them. Exactly. I just played through Diablo two, and the whole time I was playing, I was thinking. Man, I'm really putting a lot of wear on my mouse. Yeah. <laughs> and my fucking pointer finger on my right hand yeah, right now could fucking smash your car yeah, into pieces. Fucking repetitive stress injury I, right there. I think that a lot of... Basically, after 2000, mice were much more resilient than uh, <laughs> yeah. pre-2000 mice. Well, yeah, probably because they expected you to put as many clicks as you do through a playthrough of Diablo and the lifetime of that mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, there and there were actually uh, I remember there were programs that would basically uh, if you held down I think if, if it was either you held down a key or a modifier key or something like that then it would auto rapid click for you you know it was like that's the tur- bullshit it was like the turbo button on uh, on you know like the NES mm-hmm. Advantage controllers mm-hmm. back in the day Here, here's bullshit. a question <laughs> I'm interested to find out what you guys think about from Jack and he says. So, with the announcement of the $99 console with the rest of the cost built into a higher-priced live subscription, do you think that this could be a primary model pushed in the next console generation? Yes. Especially because everybody wants subscriptions for everything. Well, not just that, but I could see them being like, the next Xbox, fucking $250. Yeah. With a subscription. But you're like, oh, $250 at release? I would say $200. $200 is the uh, sweet spot for on contract devices but i'm just saying yeah either way i'm just saying like yeah it's like you're like oh that's a lot more palatable Ah, a monthly subscription fee other than it just being like five hundred dollars right up front you know Mm -hmm. well and it's uh i can't remember where i read this but it was uh it was actually a couple years ago um it was all about how the corporate model of the future is subscriptions and plus if they everything if they sell xboxes with subscriptions those are inevitably going to be systems that are attached to the internet. Like it builds in that expectation that people will connect those to the internet and spend money on stuff. Right. And right now that's like a pretty big hump for Microsoft and Sony to overcome is that lots of people own PS threes and three sixties that never connect them to the internet that Mm -hmm. never create PSN or live accounts. Hmm. So, I mean, if you offer people something cheap or initially, but they have to pay month month over month, and they have to uh, to sign up online. Then that's a win win for them. Well, the smartphone market has certainly made that palatable to a lot more people than it would have been back when those consoles first came out. And I and I think that it allows them much more flex. And Microsoft has certainly demonstrated that this is something they're co- conscious of is flexibility with pricing, mm. because they can say, well, here's a two hundred fifty dollar one or the two hundred dollar one with a sp- subscription and. Maybe here's the $500 one with a hard drive and, and no subscription. And That's what I'm saying. Maybe, I, I want the option. If I can just pay it all up front, cool. Right. I think that that will always be an issue. You can do that with phones, too. Like you don't need True. To you can contract. buy an iPhone just straight up. Uh, but I think that that actually would allow them to put out a more powerful system at price points that people would actually pay for. Yeah. Exactly. And 
you you know you could also uh, mm-hmm. a, another sort of relative of that is you can look at what Google plans to do with their laptop initiative where it's like completely subscription based hardware where when mm-hmm. the hard hardware is upgraded they send you new hardware you know it would be nice so, if they were to do that but I think it's it's more reflective of all of these companies especially companies software companies like uh, Microsoft and Adobe and everybody moving to cloud models, you know, so, you know, maybe your subscription Xbox, uh, and you know, they already do this to a certain degree, but like has uh, cloud saves for everything. So, you know, if you wanted to play a split screen game over at your buddy's house, you're, you don't profi- even have to take a memory card. You don't have to take a memory card. You don't have to recover your profile. It just you just log in and your save file can migrate with you, you know, right. by, via cloud service. Someday in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Jetpacks. <laughs> Gary wrote in and he says, last week you guys got the letter about the guy playing Hitman Blood Money and I realized I'd never played it. So I went out and got it. I've been listening to your game club along with my playthrough. Hmm. Uh, anyways, right. besides the obvious outdated <laughs> graphics and janky controls, it's still a damn good game. Nice. And the Mardi Gras level is amazing. So the dude last week should definitely play it. There so. you go follow-up man that game looked so good when it came out it did yeah but now you go back and you're like oh yeah this is definitely a game that came out on that cusp period yeah (laughs) the the follow-up looks so hot oh god i mean that's another one to look forward to that's this year right Right, i forget and tomb raider is another one actually oh yeah we cannot forget about the tomb raider no that game looked (laughs) fucking they didn't show it publicly at e3 last year but that game no you saw the trailer thing good running Mm. man here's a Here's Uh-oh. a good. Here's a good question. Uh-oh. Shoot. Maybe the last one. We'll see. When you look at me like that. A question for Anthony and Arthur mainly, but mostly Arthur. <laughs> I know Arthur reads the comments under his, but what about Anthony for reviews? I was for- unfortunate to stumble across Arthur Starrock review earlier this week. <laughs> How the hell does he deal with the utter fuckheadery that spews <laughs> forth from the keyboards of these man babies? It must be infuriating. <laughs> Does it get to you? Do you ignore it? How do you deal with such nonsense? You know, it's funny, Joseph in Columbia. We don't even have to go to the comments on these reviews anymore because no. people jump to our Twitter. <laughs> Today, some guy told me that my Minecraft review was an insult and something else. And I was just like, and he's like, I would love to talk to you about this. And I said, you just insulted me over and over again. Why would I want to talk to you? <laughs> so for people that want to criticize me, it's much better for them to do it in the comments than it is on Twitter. Because on comments... I mean, the worst that I'll do is not respond on Twitter. Right. I will definitely tell you to go fuck yourself in a creative way. That's usually what I do. Usually I'm like, I'm like, man, that's a really valid point. Also, fuck you. Yeah. That's usually what I say. I, I, I mean, it's my Twitter feed. Like, it's, it's not official. And I granted, like, there are certain things that I can do on my Twitter feed, but I've never had anyone tell me I couldn't tell someone to go fuck themselves. Yeah. So I got a, I actually got called out on my Twitter feed a couple of weeks ago for something that I said on Rebel FM, and the the dude was actually he made very good points. We argued back and forth for a little bit. Oh God, I hate arguing on Twitter. No, it was no. Oh, yeah, it, it, I, this guy was not a douchebag. He was like he pointed out something yeah. that was legitimate. No, I mean I no. I love <laughs> He's it. He's douchebag. I mean I I love the comment section for that, right? Yeah. But what I what I can't stand, and is is just like. People using such flawed logic, like basic flawed logic, and mm. when 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 they're coming at you, it's like, man, at least get your logical fallacy straight. 
if if no, I mean, if you're really going to try and be critical and <laughs> at least try not to use more than one logical fallacy, and, and yeah, at you're time. trying to like argue from authority, you know, you're doing you know all these yeah. things, just like you know, it's just frustrating. You know, um, as far as comments go, yeah, it fucking bothers me sometimes because there are people that act like they're making authoritative arguments that completely defy all laws. Well, they haven't played the game that haven't played the game, except Mm. in Starhawk, they played the beta, which apparently makes them fucking authorities on it. And that's cool. Like they got into a thing, but I, it's just the, the ad hominem attacks, the personal attacks and the, the assumptions that they that they either know me or know the way that I I play games yeah. and that or, yeah that's the other thing or assume that I suck at games yeah like that's that's annoying yeah so I'm not like the best person in the world at games but I'm not bad at them no I don't think so. I think it's you're better shit, I think you're actually right, a better Arthur, player than most people in the press it's it's shit you can't imagine an adult sane mind thinking you know like, or at least what? saying out loud in real yeah. life if they were standing next yeah. to you I I watched this great show. It aired on the BBC last night, and our, our UK listeners will know this guy, Darren Brown. You'll know him right off the top of his head. He's mm. kind of like a, he's way into like magician stuff, like showmanship, mm. that sort of conjuring. But he's like very legit. Like he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't talk about the mysticism. Anyway, this, this show it was wonderful. Like they, they, they basically put this one guy through this hellish day in real life, and they were filming him, and the whole audience were wearing these white masks. And the audience were choosing what would happen to this guy. And there was always a good selection and something bad. Mm-hmm. And they always chose something bad. And at the very end of the video, I kind of don't want to spoil it for you, but I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> the very end of the video, he's uh, they set up a kit. They, the, the last two choices the audience gets is, okay, do we want to stop giving this guy a rough time and you're going to give him 3,000 pounds, you know, British mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. or he's going to get kidnapped. Oh shit. And the audience chooses kidnapped. And so what happens at that point, what the audience doesn't know, is Darren Brown had told him like the fifty minutes you're gonna see is is real, mm-hmm. but where that selection made where it was made, it was at the fifty minute part, so everything after that was actually pre filmed. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wasn't lying to the audience. Mm-hmm. And and so they've acted like the guy was got hit by a car. Whoa. And the whole thing was like dead fucking serious like darren Jesus brown was on there like Christ. um do we have com- communicate and like people were like people started crying in the audience and he came out and the whole thing was this was i'm coming right back to you arthur it was this <laughs> it it was the sh- it was the shield that anonymity puts on us mm-hmm. in 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 regards to uh, human empathy mm-hmm. and and the way that and and, and 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 when Darren Brown put that on the audience and just walked off stage, everyone was just sitting there like, "Wow, I'm a piece of shit." <laughs> you know, it's that anonymity, man. You yeah. know, you, people, we gotta. You're watch all that, pieces of you know? shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it well, was think, super well, think interesting. About, well, and, think about the you know, think about the human animal. We we haven't evolved to be empathetic towards people that we're not looking at. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I mean, you know this. This internet is a new space of yeah. our interaction, and we gotta, you know, it's it, you. You actually have to make the effort to be as human as you can be through the internet. Mm-hmm. Is as human as you can be in real life through. I mean, the that's internet. why we have emoticons, right? Hey, that's why I love emoticons. Exactly. Anyway, sorry for the tangent. No, no, I I've, just thought it was related. I mean, what what can I say? Like, people are assholes, and it yeah, yeah it makes me feel shitty sometimes, especially like. Yeah. 
like the Starhawk review, especially with exclusives, it's just like there's just no winning. Yeah. Like the only way to win on an exclusive review is to give it a super high score. And even then, if it's not a 10, there are people that are going to be pissed. Like see death threats against Anthony for giving every big, every big review I've ever gotten. I've always been like cool, but also dreaded for that. Like, exact how reason. mad were people yeah. when you gave kills on three, like an eight? Yeah. They, they would, they just didn't think I liked it and I hated it. And I, you know, it was, yeah, again, didn't know how to play games, blah, 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 suck at games, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Typical shit you hear, and it's just like, fuck, man. I thought I, I, thought I liked that game. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and to me, it's like the, the, the frustration is like the commenters aren't realizing that, that what they're levying is not original in any way. I don't and, think that they know, care. I don't think that that occurs yeah. to them. I yeah. think that they no. just, we, this culture, we wrap up, yeah. like Western culture is so wrapped up in the idea of consumerism as identity that, you identify with this product and you yep. want it to be good. And when someone says it's not, that's like a personal attack against you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there people don't make that distinction anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause they're just rationalizing their purchase decisions really, or defending them. I always found it really easy to ignore. I mean, when we were at one up and stuff, I largely and try and ignore up, the comments I too, but occasionally really I, I wait in, like I waited on my Minecraft ones and I'm like, uh, yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, I hate everyone. Yeah, I also found a, a neat trick that worked a lot of times is when somebody would come at, was somebody would like write, like post on post on our blog or write me directly, and it would be like really like you know full of vitriol, and then I would I would like redo the post in my head as though it was written from as though it was like a sane person, a sane person, right. and it was very thoughtful and well reasoned, and then I would respond to that post. And then almost inevitably, the person who like wrote the original post would come back and say, oh, yeah, sorry, I was having a bad yeah, day. Yeah, usually if I'm going to respond to anyone like that, and it's not just like on Twitter where I'm just irrational, mm-hmm. I, uh, <laughs> I write out the first response, I control A, delete, <laughs> right. write it out a second time. Right. So most of the time, yeah, like that guy earlier that, called, that said I was like atrocious and blah, blah, because I didn't like mention all these really specific details. Mm. I was like, okay. Well, I'm sorry you didn't like it. Our reviews aren't info dumps, but mm-hmm. thank you for reading. That was I mean, Google was right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Like, no matter where I point, I bet you Google will be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit. Well, let me Google that for you. If you want to send in your non-hate mail, you can do that. Or letters about tribes. Yeah, you can do that to uh, letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter. At Chuff Money, you can find Tyler at Dirty T. You can find Matt at Talking Orange. And you can find Arthur at AEGIES. You can also find the work that Arthur's doing on TheVerge.com slash gaming. Or you remember, it's coming up soon, Polygon. That's the site he works for. You can find the shit I'm doing at IGN. You can find uh, out what Matt's doing by watching... Nothing. There you Don't go. Don't bother. And then, you know... Not worth it. Follow, follow, Damn. Follow, follow Tyler on Twitter just to find out what he's doing. Also, let's all try some Daisy. That's yeah. a good idea. With that being said, try and treat each other well and think about the next time you're going to go post a shitty comment. My balls are hot.
I put that Queen song in. I know you did. People were so mad. People were like, fuck yeah, Queen. And then some people were like, yeah, what the fuck, Queen? (laughs) That's awesome. If they had listened to the show, they would understand. Queen is great. All right. How how could you not put that in the show last week? Is Tyler turned? Hey, what's up? What's up? You might need to turn Tyler. Normal talking voice in the house. We are talking about cats this time, not video games. Pee pee. (laughs) <laughs> dude there's like a, a cat whisperer show it's called cat from hell i've seen it yeah i saw it on the plane it was interesting i want to uh i want to know when you're gonna bring back cat facts the, air, the airplane is where you go to watch really crazy shows like i also watched uh some guy about a redneck exterminator <laughs> but he handles like crazy things like oh. rattlesnakes alligators <laughs> yeah not that he, he doesn't typically kill alligators he's right. always actually really depressed because sometimes they have to mm. there are like certain rules in louisiana that if it's over six feet long it's like and it's in public it's it dies mm. like no questions asked mm. so too bad uh yeah you used to be able to watch this crazy show co-op on virgin it was like this nerdy show about kids with video games. Oh, yeah, because that's all I want to watch on there. No, I want the trashy shit I can find. <laughs> well, I, I, I want I like fucking the... Storage Wars. Yeah. <laughs> See, how can you watch garbage now that you have, like, my HBO go? I don't watch garbage. The only time I watched garbage recently was when I was in Vancouver in that hotel. I was like... Oh, yeah. That's, like, my, my go-to thing in hotels. Exactly. I just... Yeah. I, I just put it on like TLC and left it. And I was Actually, like, now we're watching Storage Wars. Invariably, every time I'm in a hotel for more than a day, like it's just like a series of days of NCIS and Law, Law and Order <laughs> SCU marathons. I actually binged on Hoarders on Netflix one weekend. I can't watch Hoarders because that show is depressing to me. Right. Because it's not even like, because a lot of them aren't even like, and guess what? They put it all behind them. No, a lot of them are no, like, nah, no, they no, lost their home and they're still miserable. Exactly. No, it's like, it's, there's a, yeah, there's been a couple of, there was even one that was like, there was like a, I think it's another TLC show, but it was about like this landlord who like has, you know, hundreds of apartment buildings or something like that. And like they, they went into this one, this one house and it was like a hoarder house and uh, there's like a mother and a father and a daughter living there, and they cleaned the whole thing out, redid the whole apartment, bought her new furniture and everything, and uh, the wife was, who was the primarily responsible for the hoarding, was just completely upset about it, and like, because, you know, like the hoarding thing is a psychological disease. Yeah, she lost all of her shit, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas the husband was like, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah depressing <laughs> that's why i like storage awesome. wars because the storage wars you're just like storage what wars. dumb treasure did they find <laughs> yeah, exactly. storage wars is also like built on a foundation of sadness yeah it's true because then there's the sometimes units of people that couldn't pay for their storage stuff anymore so those are people's like possessions <laughs> true although some of them are obviously yeah. like like either very wealthy people or people that spent their money very badly or they had like antiques from parents that they didn't want to sell a lot of them aren't antiques though sometimes i'm saying it's just like somebody's like anyways the rules for storage wars are really crazy too like that you can't pass the threshold but you can like hold little mirror things out there to try to like see behind what's in front i wonder how much of that is like the the storage places and how much of that is just like the stupid bullshit contrived by storage uh, it's wars it's producers. the auctioneers that do that because they don't want people to they want to drive up the auction without people knowing what's in there. Well, I'm talking about mm. the mirrors. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know. My, my friend's family, that uh, my parents' <laughs> friends, owned a uh, the mini storage in our hometown, and they used to give us first dibs on shit. 
Really? Yeah, I remember that's how my dad. <laughs> I remember that's how my dad got like a like two thousand comic books one time when we were all kids. Wow. It was like Christmas. No shit. Came home, my dad was like, "Here's comic books for years," and I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> oh, these are awful. On, on my way to Houston, I watched this show on Animal Planet. It was like a marathon. It was called Too Cute. Have you guys heard of it? <laughs> no. Oh, it was so fucking. Oh my amazing. god! I'm Anthony, glad my uh... you would have shit your pants because. <laughs> So the first episode, it, it starts with like three different cat breeds, mm-hmm. and uh, each breed has a litter of kittens, and so it shows them like brand new, shows them at three weeks, you know, <laughs> four weeks, six weeks, ten weeks, and then they had one for puppies, and they had pugs on there, dude. And it was like it was Pug really puppies cool. are ridiculous. I'm yeah. glad my uh, girlfriend doesn't really have access to this show. Fucking currently. cute. It'd be all that we would stupidly watch. cute. Um. All right. Should we get started? Sound good. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready. Hold on, I'm gonna... White whales watching. Penis. White, white... white penis breath. I don't know, I'm just breath. Penis, know. penis you know, breath. Them, I'm gonna like, put out the call on Twitter that we're recording. So breath. Questions, right, yeah. email whenever breath, you do a lot penis. of alliteration and stuff, yeah. it's just like to help you stumble. I've found that there are certain words that surprise me, that are really hard for me to say. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think of what they were like. I don't know, something like translucent some, or something, yeah. but when I was saying that in a sentence where I was like... Translucent. Yeah, I was like... For some reason, when I stop and think, like I will say, I like astronomy. But sometimes, if I'm talking fast, it'll come out astrology, and I'm like, oh no. Uh, So I just tweeted. If you want to retweet, it's because you're mentioned you. It's because you're 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 secretly a magical thinker, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) I like astrology. (laughs) I believe in astrology. Someone on Twitter just said something about Color Me Bad. Now I have a Color Me Bad song stuck in my head. God damn it. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Don't. Just don't. All right. 